0: Welcome to The Power of Care, a podcast that shares insights, trends, and developments in the senior care ecosystem with a focus on technology and innovation. My name is Mark McGrand, Director of Business Development at Viar, a company that specializes in advanced contactless and private wellness technology. Each episode, I will be discussing the rapidly changing elderly care market with experts from the sector, including community operators, technology providers, caregivers, and senior living real estate developers. I hope this podcast brings you valuable content and information on the sector. And now for our guest. Well, welcome everybody! Thank you for coming back here. We've got a great guest today. We have Jeff Gross, CEO of Medical Guardian, a leader in the industry. I could probably go on for 15 minutes just talking about uh, why I'm a fan of the company, what you know, watching Jeff and seeing everything you guys have accomplished. But Jeff, give a little background for those that may not know Medical Guardian. A little bit about uh, your company, your background dive right in.
1: Sure. Well, thanks, Mark. It's great to be here and great to see you. Of course, I've known you for a long time now and uh, wonderful. Always have the opportunity to talk about the industry and a little bit about the things we're doing and the way we're thinking about it. So, um, well, I started the company in 2005. So we're now in our 16th year, um, currently uh, about 170,000 uh, subscribers that we protect every day. Uh, And really continuing to uh, position ourselves at the forefront of the industry in in so many ways around innovation, product, process, uh, and our approach uh, to the customer experience, which is something we take a lot of pride in. But uh, at Medical Guardian, we um, acquire customers through both direct-to-consumer channels and what we call healthcare um, segment of our business, which uh, is primarily B2B relationships that are focused on federal and state reimbursement, um, hospital networks, uh, home care, uh, and different types of senior living facilities. Uh, We have about 250 employees. Uh, We we provide uh, approximately six to seven core products uh, that support emergency response, and that range from home to mobile to wearable devices. Um, with it, with a lot of attention that put on additional services and products uh, that we can offer to our customer base and prospective customer base at this point in their lives. We have customers that tend to come on uh, between the ages of 75 and 80 years old onto our service. They stay with us for several years. Uh, we typically proceed home care and, uh, and senior living of, of any sort with our service. And so it's this really interesting entry point into a a number of needs that customers uh, have at this point in their lives. And uh, we hope to be the reliable, um, reputable, dependable service uh, on the other end of that call um, when they need us.
0: And and you absolutely are. Uh, Like you said, I've I've known you, I've known Medical Guardian for a number of years now. And I always you're a common example that I point to for anybody that's new to the industry and they're trying to get a better understanding. but I say, you want to understand to study this company to existing and veteran companies um, that I point them to you. And I say, look, you need to watch, just, you know, go read Jeff's LinkedIn and you're going to take yourself, you know, five years forward. If you just try to do it on your own. Um, I've always been impressed. Probably the fan fan side comes, comes across a bit there, but um, yeah, the way you've connected with your customers over time, has been something that's always it, it jumped out at me. You guys seem to take it very seriously. You really draw it in. That you, you're listening to the end user, to the to the senior themselves, to the person that's going to be be wearing the pendant, pressing the watch, um, to the family members. The, the way that you guys really connect there is something that I always thought is absolutely amazing. Because this goes back. If we if we take things back a long ways, I mean, you guys had what was the first? Well, what was the first product you guys uh, first started to sell to the, the community?
1: Well, it was what everybody else was selling at the time, Uh, a landline home device, a two-way speaker box with a uh, pendant that they wore around their neck or on their wrist. And at the time, if you go back to 2005, the entire category was selling the same thing. In fact, specifically, (laughs) around 70% of the category was selling actually the same device made by the the same supplier. So it was a true commodity in a lot of ways, and it was very challenging to differentiate your offering versus your competition. Uh, And so, you know, I saw some clear openings at the time, both in the way that we acquired customers, uh, but also uh, the the customer experience itself. Everybody was doing just enough. So, you know, when I really think about it, it it really comes down to good people helping good people, right? If you take care of your team and you create a team of patient, empathetic, knowledgeable, caring individuals that can get in back of a mission uh, and really develop a unique culture within the category. Uh, we think that can resonate on a deeper level uh, with the prospective customer base uh, who really understand how this type of service works because it's been around for a while but tend to be very apprehensive about getting it either for themselves or for a loved one. And that's where we came in and said huh you know what what if we really did it right? What if we had a, a brand message and a foundation uh, for who we are that, uh, it resonates on a deeper emotional level uh, that people can connect with. That's respectful in nature rather than fear driven, you know, so empowerment is what our entire brand is around and, you know, brand and, and culture are, are a little bit fluffy words these days in the way that they're overused and, and the misconception of, of them to a degree, but I, I think it's real for us. And, and really our mission is to empower our customers to live a life without limits and what that means. And, regular terms is, you know, we hope to be able to support older Americans as they age in place in the house that they've lived for 30 or 40 years and want to continue living where they raise their kids. Um, And we want to be able to do it in a way that they're safe and uh, empowered to go and and do the things they love, whether it's gardening in the yard or walking or uh, wherever they want to go and see family. They don't want to live with their kids. They, they typically don't want to go into a facility of any sorts. Uh, it's expensive as well. So it's really a cost efficient way to stay at home with our service. And, you know, technology, we've all seen it in the last 15 or 16 months through COVID. It's only been accelerated the use of technology to empower older Americans to age in place, whether it's our type of service, remote patient monitoring or other uh, types of, of of teleservices, there's a there's a clear um, economical opportunity and and a solution opportunity that I think will uh, will enhance uh, you know how, how how folks age and and what's available to them.
0: Absolutely, uh, we've talked I've talked about this probably podcast after podcast episode at this point, but I think COVID, you know, one of the outcomes it does is it really highlighted. Um, the industry a little bit, but also the the technology that was available and kind of driving it to that forefront. Like you said, you go back a long ways and it was everybody selling basically the exact same product. And now that's, you guys have taken a lot of huge steps forward by really understanding your customer. I mean, I've been to the offices. I I know what you guys do. And there's a lot of work that comes along with that. I think in through COVID and um, highlighting this, you know, you have to stay home now, but we need you to stay safe and we have to absorb more kind of information from you. Are you guys doing more with like data today, trying to trying to take that in and, and take that to the next level?
1: Yeah, we are. And, uh, and I'd say, you know, we, there's been a lot of movement on that in the last three to five years. I mean, listening to your customers is a uh, good practice in, in any industry that you're in. And of mm-hmm. course, not revolutionary, but it, it was something that we didn't feel was going on enough in this industry and certainly an opportunity to get better. Um, and, and so we look and collect information, um, from, you know, the makeup of a customer and, and, you know, who they are and where they're from and their, their types of, um, activities that they do, whether they're homebound or they're on the move and, and sort of, it starts there at its very basic level. Uh, and that expands to how they're using our service when they're with us, how often they're pressing the button, the types of, of needs that they have when they do, whether it's emergency or non-emergency related. Uh, we have a customer app that is uh, um, continuing to be uh, expanded and it's evolving over time and has a lot more opportunity to either update your account or, or uh, track your activity of a loved one. And, and, and so we track engagement there in a number of other ways uh, across our customer base. We do a lot of surveys, typically at least once a quarter To understand what types of products and services they're looking for, to understand how their experience with us is going, what their needs are, what types of solutions uh, would excite them uh, or be valuable to them, and then try to incorporate that into our roadmap. Um, And we have a pretty comprehensive product and service roadmap. So, you know, big data and uh, everything in around that is again, (laughs) like culture, an overused word, but, you know, when used correctly, uh, can provide a lot of opportunity for our business and uh, and our customers experience and so uh, that that's been a true differentiator and it starts with you know talented leaders and certainly a talented um, tech team we 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 have not only a cto now but a cio and a whole team under uh, that leadership and uh, between our you know our business analysts and the organization and um, you know, a number of different departments that come together. There's a lot to measure uh, and implement, but we always try to understand, uh, you know, what we're collecting and how we can improve things based on that.
0: And that's what I think comes down to be so critical is a lot of times you have companies that start out with the idea of, we're just going to collect data. And they, they think that's a solution. And, and collecting data without doing anything with it is like, um, I know our, our VP of marketing makes fun of me for saying this, but it's like pouring the ingredients for a cake all over the counter and calling it a cake. You know, you don't have actually anything that you can do something with until you can actually put it together and you can grow and actually use it. And I find that so often in our industry we have from the doctors uh, to the case managers, to the caregivers themselves and, and to the user, there's, there's a lot of data information that's there and, you know, trying to get that information out and pull it out and actually use it effectively is how you really create that, that care life cycle, that technology that's going to grow with them. Cause I'm sure, there's a person that can call medical guardian today, they can have a 15 minute conversation and say, sure, you know, I'm gonna take this, you know, this level right near this one package here, but that package is gonna, that package is gonna take care of them for a long time. Like that package is gonna be the baseline of where things go, but it doesn't mean that it's not an evolving set of care that there's not, Hey, I might call medical guardian back in two years and I might say, Hey, can I also have that other piece of the puzzle that you guys just recently introduced and starting to bring that in because, you know, step one of, of mom staying at home or dad making that decision that he, he doesn't wanna go into care is, is, is this basic point. Okay, well, look, you need something so you can call out and get help in an emergency. But then, you know, it might be a year or two later, it might be, we need something that's also going to monitor them because they might not actually press that button. If something happens where they're, you know, it might be the memory issues are starting to set in, but you know, you kind of have that, that evolving and growing bit. So if you can get that data and you can collect it effectively, and if you can create apps, like you pointed out that actually involve the caregivers a little bit more. So they're providing you that feedback. I think that's really where we can kind of grow in the industry and in our space.
1: It is, and you know, it's always comes down to what are you going to do with it. And yeah. we're serving to two populations. Uh, and when I say that, the the senior end user, and then the adult mm-hmm. children who are typically forty five to sixty five, and involved in the process, whether it's ordering the system or paying for it, or helping set it up, or just supporting it uh, during the life cycle uh, of that customer. And if you compare it to similar industries, we're often uh, compared to, to home security, and and you know, you have a you know, a middle-aged woman who's ordering it for the family and helping set it up. And now with DIY, everybody's, you know, it's one party, uh, whether it's the husband or wife. With us, it's it's two groups. And so everything we do as both of those groups in mind and trying to find the right balance. So it's, you know, additional value for, for both segments. And so when you make decisions on on a, basically a service that is insurance on person, right? If you look at PERS, you're paying for something that you're wearing 99% of the time and you're not using 99% of the time. Hopefully, <laughs> so that's right, hopefully. And, and in most cases, that, that is reality, right? You know, how often do you have a fall or a medical emergency? But if you need us just once, you want to make sure there's a re- reliable, dependable uh, your company on the other end of that line. And so that's the type of value. And everything that we do around culture and mission you know, that flows through the organization and touches each team member is based around those incidents in that emergency where it can be life or death in many cases. So it's very important uh, that we communicate that uh, through the org, uh, but also that we have tight processes in place. And so, um, you know, what we're looking for at this point, and, and, and I should just say, we also lose a lot of customers because of that. People forget their original intent for why they needed our service, and it's important to re-educate them because if you've had our service for a year or two years and you've never used it, that's a good thing, but we're not used to paying for things we're not using. So there's a mentality of, huh, you know, maybe I've outgrown this, maybe I don't need it anymore. Uh, and of course, quite the opposite. Uh, if, you, if you live long enough and, and you wait long enough, you know, bad things happen. Unfortunately, it's, it's just a reality. And so we want them to be there. We want to be there for them when that happens. And so, the education piece is so important and the additional service piece is so important. And so right now we have limited number of, of services on top of just reactional emergency response that we offer to the customer base. But i say it's a big focus of ours currently and certainly going to be more and more in the future um, where we're offering the caregivers uh, additional value uh, and insight into the activity that going that's going on in, in mom's home. Uh, and and of course, additional uh, value and and uh, and services that that the end user um, can appreciate uh, on top of just, of course, using the button or, or or the fall detection technology or some of the other components of it in an emergency.
0: Yeah, because it's not just a I I would, I would say it's a continuing educational process if you're going to maintain that customer because you know this from the purse industry that you know for those guys that aren't as, as established or it's just flat or not as good, they usually have shorter lifespans of their customers um, in the sense that the customers cancel or move on from the service, not in the, not in the literal lifespan that uh, meaning. But that they're not staying in touch with that person. That person, like you said, is forgetting that original purpose of getting the product. It's a good thing, like you said, if you've gone two years without using the product, fantastic, I buy I have to buy car insurance, I have to buy home insurance. It doesn't mean I'm hoping my house burns down and I have to use them. Um, you know, you don't want to dive into those things, but that's, it's there for them. I mean, when you guys are, are working on that, is it, is it continual? Is it touch points with the user? Is it reaching out to the family members? Or do you believe it's kind of built into the process where the family is, is being connected more through the application? So they're kind of reminding themselves as an ongoing educational process of, of the value
1: here they have. Well, it's it's giving them the opportunity to connect with us and then using a number of different communication means to connect with them and, and find the right balance of touch points um, and and an educational value that they like and want and and is helpful to them and that you know that's that's all about testing I mean, we've developed a, recently a scorecard that we send monthly to our customers that shows them activity button presses and and uh, you know, for devices that have different components of activity and, and usage of the app and things, to sort of give them an idea of, of, of what's going on and the type of value they're getting. If we all use uh, theft protection uh, services like LifeLock, which is what I use, I get my credit score once a month. Uh, and that's great for me because uh, how often am I getting my identity stolen, but it's really valuable for me to see my credit score once a month. We're thinking about it in a similar fashion. And, uh, and that's really valuable to them. And, uh, you know, on top of that, you know, just developing services that give them daily value or weekly value. So
0: do you have trouble? Who's, who's the hardest one to continue to convince? Because my, my assumption here is that it's harder for the person that actually has to use the button to continue to, because they have to do something. Right, they've got to actually be the one to to wear the watch and, and and keep that on and and stay attached to it, as opposed to the family member who kind of has the. There are difficulties to it, but they, and the easier role, at least from our perspective, of, well, they get to say, no, 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 there's still value here, mom. You should be wearing that, dad. Come on, you know that your knee yeah. isn't good, and you walking around, you're gonna fall again. You, you know, you did it last week.
1: Well, it's it's, it's e- definitely the it's definitely the end user. And there's a couple of reasons for that. One, there's more things to do now, right? We, we sell more mobile devices and home devices, and I can expand on that, but you have to charge it. It has fall detection, has GPS. It's not a simple transmitter button with RF to a speaker box like it used to be. Um, so that makes it a little bit more complicated, but but certainly an enhanced service than what they had. Um, on top of that, we're fighting a perception that's deep rooted in society that that's, uh, connected with with the type of service we provide, which is you know fear-based marketing has been present. Um, people associate wearing a button with the car getting taken away, and, and they don't want to be that little old lady they saw in the commercial, and they don't look at themselves that way. And so we realized that early on, and and uh, we've we've done a number of things to try to combat uh, that perception, and, and it's an entire brand foundation messaging campaign, like I've mentioned, we've used spokespeople and and uh, we've innovated on the product side. But ultimately, um, the goal is to have something for everyone. So if you're 70 year older, you could be in perfect health. Nothing bad has happened. You haven't had a fall or medical emergency, but you live alone. We want to have something for you and not just something that we tell you is for you. We want you to be able to, to feel that and, uh, and understand that quickly. And so that your kids aren't pushing something on you where they have to convince you that you know, this is something you have to do, which is the challenge that we're fighting in many cases and where we lose a lot of customers within the first 90 days. Once we have a customer for, for 90 days and they're on board with the service, they've adopted it, uh, wearing it, using it, charging it, then we have a pretty good customer. But the majority of what we still lose customers is for reasons that we really shouldn't, which are what I mentioned before. I haven't used it. I don't need it. I can't afford it. It doesn't look good or feel, doesn't feel good. The minority of cancellations are... Due to death or they move into a facility so we see that as opportunity and opportunity to do better to educate them better to provide better products to provide better messaging and and support Uh, and then it all comes back to the customer experience just like anything else if we're going end to end with touch points that uh, you're raving about to your family and friends uh, not only are you going to stay with our service you're going to look to us for other products and services along the way and hopefully refers to all of your friends uh, and that's what we're going for. And, and, and that can't just be done at the sales call or the service call or the monitoring call. It has to be done at every touch point. It has to be done with people that care, that are compassionate and empathetic and reliable. Uh, you know, a, a misconception about customer service in general is you just want nice peachy people uh, who, who are kind. And, and that is nice to have. And that is a sort of a prerequisite to customer service or great customer service. But more so, you need problem solvers that can get things done in one call. And so we try to put those together. Uh, And that's that, you know, there's a 100, you know, different things that have to happen for that to come together very nicely and seamlessly from recruiting and training and coaching and tight systems and processes. But, uh, you know, we do all of that and we put a special focus on that. We think it's a differentiator because the reality is, and as time goes along, we've had products that are certainly differentiated from what you see in the marketplace. But if you're looking for a medical alert service, you can get it from us or the next guy or the next guy. The top five or six companies will all give you something that works for you, uh, that when you press that button, you're going to have a reliable voice that can get you help on the other end of the line, whether it's home or mobile. But the big difference comes down to people. You know, how how much do you like the people you're talking to? Are you being respected by the people? Are they getting things right? Are they calling you by the right name? Did they send the address correctly on, on the paperwork that came over? Every piece of it has to, has to line up well or else you put yourself at risk of, of losing a customer for one reason or another. Particularly, as you mentioned, if their kids have convinced them that this is something that they need or that they want them to have, uh, then you're just you're just up against a, a fight the whole time. And so we work hard to overcome that and, and uh, produce raving fans.
0: So what actually? So something you got me thinking about as I'm the I'm the user. Um, it's really brought well. It's really brought in my family because they get my scorecards and they kind of know what's going on. right Now, do you guys share those scorecards from an experience standpoint? This is what it can all connects back to your customer service side. Do you share the scorecards with the user themselves? Do you think do they get any kind of gains? Hey, I am doing pretty good. I am doing better here. Is there is there that feeling come? Does that come around?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and of course, there's some gamification to it. Everybody wants to know how they're doing. We, we all like to fill out. Surveys I would think that, that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and we like to see activity about ourselves. So there's definitely that aspect of it. And, uh, you know, we have, uh, you know, sort of different levels of, of loyalty programs and some, uh, or, you know, early, uh, I, I'd say, benefits of those types of programs that have been seen in the customer base. But certainly that's something we do.
0: And that probably okay. So that's so that gives you guys a, a little bit of also connecting with the user. They get a bit of enjoy enjoyment out of the device. I, I think it's fair to say that you get a chance to look. I know when I had the the Fitbit. When I did, I know there's plenty of people that probably put up 40,000 steps a day. But if I went from five one day to six the next, then I was you know pretty damn happy with myself <laughs> because you know I improved. You know it was about me. It was it was me. It was personal. It connected uh, to me, and um, I imagine it's the same thing for any type of health product which I think is a mindset that we need to switch over to. We need to have a bit more of a, you know, not always just a safety or a help product, but maybe a little bit more of a health mindset, you know, behind this. And that's probably going to let people connect a little bit more with it. It's going to take away some of that stigma, like you said, of, of losing the car keys and of losing control here. Um, this,
1: but if I can start looking at it, This is not taking if, away the car. I mean, this is enhancing yeah. your life. This is make exactly. you to go out and be safe and take that car ride that you want to, and that, that's yes. the misconception that we're, you know, that we're fighting against, and we're working hard to chip away at it, uh, year over year, uh, and, you know, technologies that we uh, introduce, or that that we roll out, and fall detection technology is a great example of that. We've been selling fall detection for eight years, and it's got an appeal to it, um, because it is innovative in nature, and, and, uh, you know, it's, it's a magic uh, detection technology that if I fall, I can call out without me having to do anything. And that's all true. It's not perfect. Uh, it never has been. It's, it's got better and better uh, as we've improved the algorithm based on data that we've collected over the years as far as sensitivity level. Um, but it's something that our user population really enjoys having, particularly if they've been prone to false. You know, we, we rolled it out in 2013 in a beta test and. We were lucky enough, uh, we, this is public now, uh, but but a sitting Supreme Court Justice, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, which we couldn't talk about for all the years that she was a customer, uh, she was our fourth fall detection client, and wow. by dumb luck, but it was a pretty neat thing to see uh, what many consider the most important woman in our country be protected by our service, mostly for our team, um, because we protect Average Joe's and sitting Supreme Court justices. I mean, that's the, that's the range of, of protection that, that we're providing each day in, in that population of customers, which is a pretty neat thing. And the, the service ranges from you know, your very basic home device to mobile technology and wearable technology with fall detection uh, incorporated. in it. And and for something like our Freedom Watch, which we rolled out a couple of years ago, when we talk about additional value and, and data collection and activity, uh, you can do three or four different things. It's, it's a smartwatch made for a 75 to 90 year old. It's not for you and me, Mark. It's not an, an Apple watch that does a hundred things and has a eight hour battery. This is emergency protection on your wrist uh, at its core. And then, um, you know, value added services on top of that. So you have a messaging component to you. So in our portal, a, a, a caregiver can go and message with mom. Uh, and mom can actually speak into the watch and send a voice message back to uh, her son or her daughter or her professional caregiver. We have alerts and reminders that help with doctor's appointments, medication reminders at its basic level, uh, other daily reminders to wake up and, and, and so on. And then uh, neat features like weather. Uh, and our new version, which is coming out shortly, we'll have uh, you know heart rate monitoring as well. So uh, you, you can see the evolution of of offerings, uh, which are, are, you know, are still pretty basic, but, um, you know, add a lot of value.
0: Yeah. And that's huge. I mean, if you talk about the, if you kind of went through the, some of the pillars we've touched on so far, we talk about, you know, what are the reasons we start making this decision? Well, we're a little concerned about mom. It's a, it's a, it's a response. It's okay. If there was a fault, there was an incident, you know, are you able to get help? Well, that's checked by, it sounds like your watch kind of checks that box there. Well, other thing is, you know, she's, you know, dad's there and, you know, he, He's alone right now. Well, boom, your watch is handling that. You got messaging services. We're bringing in that care side of things. You're going to a health level if you're getting to your heart rate monitoring and bringing that that into play. And then you're getting into a life model. You know, you're able to connect and do the little things. But I mean, I can tell you right now, asking, you know, what's the weather? That's pretty significant. Now, it's opening up outside a little bit further. It's helping you to make plans and move the ball forward. I mean, those are the things that make a life. You know, longer lives today are not about having a pulse They're about being able to actually live. So the technology that's going in has to be able to support that in all these different ways. And I think it's fantastic you guys are doing that. And from the data side, that's where we have a phrase that you know, data is the the new doctor. We're saying that a lot now. We're bringing it forward because that's that's really what it's become. Um, You know, that's what we're highlighting now. So we're looking at you know, if you're getting the heart rate, if you're getting the activity, you're seeing how this person's moving about. If we can collect this information and we can work with the right platforms. To analyze what's going on and work with those doctors to say hey you know we can give you notifications about it and real-time information where the family member gets a simple update it doesn't need to be you know here's my pulse for the day because mm-hmm. you know I, I, we don't need to break that down but if i can get a smiley face you know <laughs> i would take that or a check mark or a green light or a yellow light or a red light something that's that's driving me giving me simple basic information but something to that you know, dad had his, had his freedom. You know, he got to, he wears his watch around, he wears his, he wears his button around, but where doesn't wear anything at all. You know, that's, that's our thing, but the, they have something that's there for them that, that kind of takes this information in. they don't have to do a ton for it, but it, it's bringing in those different pillars. It's bringing them the freedom. It's help, checking on their health. It's connecting them with family. You know, it's, it's overall, it's improving life as a whole. I think that's a, a huge step forward. Beginning of this conversation, you have to remember, we started out with the same landline button that everybody in the U.S. was selling That, By the way, it would be foolish to laugh it off completely because that saved thousands of lives. You know, we can't do that. But look how far we've come. And it's, it's you guys are over over, almost, you guys almost have 200,000 people that you're protecting today. That's significant. And every single day, you're saving a life. I mean, that is, that's huge. And the way that you're doing it, the technology is better and better and better. And like I said, it's no longer about, it's no longer about a pulse. It's about how can I actually live, live my life longer and enjoy my life longer and be more fulfilled. I think that's fantastic.
1: Yeah. And there's this progression from, from, I'm just going to be at home to, Mm -hmm. to a more active lifestyle. And, and, our service supports an active lifestyle, and I think you know there's exciting technology in, in the product side of our business. I and mean, if you look in back of you, that looks like one of those VR products oh, that yeah. we like. And uh, <laughs> certainly, radar or, or or imaging is is an exciting uh, technology because uh, the idea of detecting someone's fall and potentially uh, other activities within their body that that happens without anything on person opens up. Uh, the potential of, of, of the overall addressable market and, and saying, hey, the message, you don't even have to wear anything anymore. If you have imaging in, in a room, uh, it's not a sensor. It can actually detect a fall with accuracy. And, uh, you know, it's, if you look at the home security industry, what Ring has done, right, it started as this sort of cute, you can see when your kids are at home and And when the package get there, and now it's proactive security. I mean, before Mm -hmm. something gets to your doors and your windows, you know when something's happening. So it's not exactly the same thing, but it does give us an opportunity to expand the the market and get more people protected in an industry that, by best estimates, is still only six to seven percent penetrated. Which is exciting because it's to say that you know, 19 out of or 18 to 19 out of 20. 70-plus-year-olds who live alone don't have our service yet, and we still feel, like I mentioned, that the perception of the service uh, and, and the products that we're offering um, don't compel them to get something. And so we think the convergence of some of the things we're doing is, is going to triple and quadruple the size of this market, and we hope to be at the forefront of that.
0: And I think you guys will be. It, it was major steps forward um, thinking of things from the user standpoint. I, we, You and I know this because we've been around for long enough, but a major step forward to capture – well, a major part of the market for a long time was mostly women, um, se- senior senior uh, women. And then adding a watch greatly increased the number of men that are willing to do it. And I think that was a, it was a connection point. It was something that kind of stepped in there. And I think um, what we did was you're looking at the person's lifestyle and what would they prefer to have. And I think if we, in some cases, it's always going to be that case. You have that person that is more active, they're outside, they want something that goes with them. There's a There's a part, there's a, big market for that and that's a big piece of the solution you know at vr we believe we're a part of the solution as well but maybe in a different person you know a person that's at their home or a person that says okay i'm not ready to have something on us but you know can i put something in the house i don't have to touch
1: yeah younger person
0: yeah i'm, I'm a younger person i, do, I, mean, I it don't need a it tough with
1: conversation me. for someone who's 70 uh certainly and just like yeah. it was a tough conversation for an older man to put something around his neck you know us men we can be a bit stubborn oh yeah uh, there are ways, so it's a those tough conversations need more support, um, mm-hmm. for product and service the technology and, 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 and innovation. So,
0: well, it's it comes down to you know having the technology, having the right companies, having, as you said, a customer service team that's yes, they are kind and they can be bubbly and they can be nice, but kind of most importantly. They're for the problem solvers. They're someone that can have a conversation with someone that, that's there and they can say, okay, this is, this is what we have and this is what's going to fit your life. And they're going to have a discussion with you instead of just trying to, you know, ram this one solution down your throat,
1: which I think is nobody wants that. That's right. And the next generation, which is already, of course, that's always a moving target, uh, has different needs on the types of products and solutions that we're offering. Uh, the type of service we're providing right now—we provide, you know, phone service, of course, still to, to the majority of our customers, both on the sales and service side. But we use chat, we use text messaging, we use email. Um, we're we're incorporating uh, AI and and you know avatars into what we do um, every day because uh, it just makes it more scalable and it provides. Better efficiency and better service, uh, and I think the products are going to go in line there too. Uh, we we all have a smartphone. It's no secret that um, you know the next generation of seniors will have a smartphone as our remote control to life, and how our service gets incorporated in that uh, is something that you know we're very focused on. and And things we we think it is a big opportunity. I mean, some people look at it as a as a threat. Um, we see it as a as the potential to provide care for millions and millions of more people than we're able to today as an industry
0: absolutely because with that new technology and more and more keeps coming along the expectations have grown i mean you got to think that, you know when when we get to that age where we're starting to have these things in our home um you know we're going to be at a point where we've had Alex around for a long time giving us whatever we want you know at, at the drop of a hat we just you know say what's the weather going to be what's traffic look like you know we've got all these things that are automated more and more and more today that expectation is translating a lot. I can tell you, you know, my own grandparents, they kind of have that in mind where they get something, they kind of buy it. They say, oh, it does this because the idea is not that you can use it for this anymore. It's that it does it for you. You That's know, fall right. detection started out and um, we all know how it goes uh, with our VR products. You know, We showed up to people at first. We said, you don't have to wear anything. It'll see you when you fall. And it took probably three months before people started coming to us and saying, that's fantastic. Um, we also now want it to do this activity monitoring. You know, it's, it's a give a mouse a cookie type of mindset will always be the the customer. Well, what else can it do on top of that? You know, how do we take it a step further, step further? And that's how we always improve. But we have to be constantly, we're constantly chasing that, that like you said, if you're slow and you're not thinking ahead, well, then it's a threat. If yep. you are someone that is thinking ahead, you see it as a, the opportunity that it really is, and it, you'll be able to connect with more of those people. who said, "If the market penetration is as low as it is right now, wide roads ahead. Very wide roads ahead."
1: And you know, activity and non-activity uh, tracking is particularly exciting to us. Um, you know, in the home, whether it's movement or sleep or eating um, or, or or heart rate. Um, there's, there's a lot that goes into that and, and a, and a lot of value.
0: Oh yeah. I, I've spoken to head nurses who said, you know, if I could sit in a room and watch someone sleep for four hours, I could tell you what tomorrow is going to be like talking to home care agencies and have said, Oh, if you could just tell me, you know, whether or not they came to the kitchen today, I can tell you what they're doing. Cause it's such a huge indicator. Okay. So they got out of bed. They probably ate. That's a huge indicator. Bathroom visits, you know, th- these little things that seem so insignificant by themselves can be just so vital at the end of the day and it,
1: very yeah, it's very It's about taking, taking reactionary care and making it proactive care uh mm-hmm. and using data to predict uh, and trends to predict future outcomes and i think falls you know measuring gait is an example that with falls it's it's hard to know when someone's going to on a rug. but you can see them getting weaker and i think mm-hmm. you know sleep patterns eating patterns activity patterns are all very predictive in nature, and and uh, you know we can use them uh, very well to uh, to 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 enhance the offering for these for these customers and their loved ones. Uh, so there's just there's it's it's a very exciting time. COVID has only enhanced that, accelerated that, um, and uh, you know the future is bright for this category for sure.
0: Without a doubt, there, there's so much that can still that can be done. I think we've by forcing everybody to stay home and to kind of think about health so much more often, people now are in a mindset where they are paying attention to it now. We took a huge leap forward uh, with remote patient monitoring. We took huge leaps forward with um, video calling, connecting with family, realizing the importance of that, especially during a trying time. That I think uh, you know it's just gonna continue on and on um, from there where I wouldn't be surprised if uh, three years from now, more of your alarms are proactive alarms then they are, you know, reactive. They're they're getting ahead of issues and they're saying, hey, you know, mom's having trouble today because, you know, her bathroom visits have spiked over the past week could be sign of a UTI. Or it's, you know, dad hasn't dad's starting to stay in bed a lot longer during daytime hours or combination of all all of the above. But then now we're we're not just waiting for, okay, someone tripped over the end of the carpet and they're on the ground, but now we've got something that we're getting ahead of that uh, you know, why wasn't their foot lifted high enough before it ever happened? So that's really exciting for the market. I think the education that we discussed earlier, I think that's going to be a crucial piece of it. It's nice to see that you guys are so focused in on that and locked in, whether you guys are taking data in, you can use that kind of, like I said, become that doctor for the person where we're giving them the answers ahead of time or helping them kind of resolve what's happened before. And then, you know, connecting all the pieces so that, that all those pillars kind of together create a real strong structure and uh. A long, healthy, active life uh, for those that use our, our products and services. So really, Jeff, um, well, I've taken a lot of your time today. I really appreciate you jumping on um, with me here and talking to us with you. I could probably talk about this with you for another two hours, but uh, just for time's sake, I just want to thank you for joining here today. Hopefully, we get a chance to catch up again soon.
1: I think we will. this time in person, and it's always a pleasure, Mark. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely.
0: Thank you for listening to the Power of Care podcast. Remember to follow the channel to stay updated on future episodes. And if you want to connect with me directly, feel free to email me at mark.mcgrand at